0: Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. At Arise, we're a community of imperfect people pursuing and experiencing a transformative relationship with Jesus and one another. For more information, you can find us online at ariseonline.org. Thanks for listening. My name's Craig. Um, For those of you that are new here don't know me, I'm one of the elders here at Arise, and I help lead worship a little bit. Um... But uh, as I said, my name is Craig. You can call me CP if you want to. Um, I actually put it down on my paper. I usually forget to tell people who I am and introduce myself. And our worship pastor, Mike, who also preaches, had this great idea that he says, I always just put it in the front to say, I am Mike. And I was like, oh, yeah, good idea. So I don't forget. So I didn't forget. But anyways, we are in the series um, right now. This is, the last, this is the last week of our series, the We Are series. Um, and we have been, we started out with we are gospel-centered. So this is what we fly our flag under, that everything that um, we believe in comes under the um, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teachings of Jesus. Um, And then the second week was we are worship-focused. Last week um, was we are community-rooted, and this week is we are mission-driven. And I'm gonna approach this a little bit Differently than normal. I think most time when we say we are mission driven, everyone goes, "Oh my gosh, I've got to listen to Matthew 28:20 20 one more time, and he's going to beat it into my head that we have to go and make disciples, and teach them, baptize them, and teach them um, to obey all the commands." Seth just went through that also, um, so I'm going to approach it a little bit differently today, um, and and partly that is is. Our last series, our Saturate series, we were really missional focused also, which is true. We need to be missionally focused. So don't get me, don't hear me saying that it's not good to be a mission. It is. I just want to approach it a different, a different way so your eyes don't glaze over on me today. Okay? So um, have we been commissioned? Yes. Uh, Jesus has basically commanded us to go out into this world and to make disciples. Um, but what I wanna tackle is the why. So I have plans here in the future to help give you tools if you want tools, how to be better disciples, how to actually, when you're in the moment, to have a toolbox or to have something to say and have something to do when people say, oh, who is Jesus, so that you can talk about Jesus, or if someone says, why do you follow Jesus, you can follow Jesus, or you can talk about why you follow Jesus. So that's gonna be coming, but tonight I... Or today, I want to go through that, the why. Like, why are we commissioned? Or why should we be in mission? And, and part of that is because God has been on mission since the very um, beginning, or f- since the very time that he started creating us. Um, we're gonna start out in John chapter 17. I didn't even think to um, put slides in. So if you have your Bible, John 17, Um, This is Jesus' prayer, so right before um, he's about to be ascended into heaven. So he's been resurrected now, and he's been with his disciples. Sorry, no, that's no. Let me stop back here. He's just went through, um, that's later in the sermon, by the way. I got ahead of myself. Um, So he's just, uh, they've had the Last Supper. He's about to go into the Garden of um, Gethsemane and, um, and, and be arrested and then Uh, be crucified. So this is just before this. He's with his um, disciples, and I'm going to pick it up in John 17 on 14. Um, We'll be back and forth in this prayer a little bit. But Jesus says, I have given them your word, and the word has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, I pray that these words strike home to us today. I pray that um, the teachings here, uh, that they come directly from you and that, that we would know you even better than we did when we stepped inside these doors today. Father, let your word speak truth and let it transform us. It's in your name, amen. I don't know about you, but I love John 17. It might be my favorite passage in the whole Bible. Does it affect, it affects me. I mean, every time I read it, I almost get weepy. I'm a weeper anyways, I like to cry. But I almost get weepy knowing that Jesus has prayed this over us. First off, he was praying over his disciples, and then he was praying over us, right? This is directly to us, right? I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Do you hear that? He's not asking us to come out of this world. He needs us. Well, he doesn't need anything. He wants us to be in this world, Right, but what he's asking is that God keeps us from the evil one; that He protects us, so that we're, when we're in the world here, we have protection. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, purify them. Right, purify them in the truth. And what is the truth? As God's word is truth. Send them into the world. See that? Hear that? As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We're being commissioned already right there before even Matthew 28. Okay? We're being commissioned to go. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. And this is what I'm going to focus on today, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Right? That the world may believe. Not just your family, not just your life group, or your friends, or Arise. I mean, I think if... um, I think if we focused on just Arise, the people at Arise, we could probably get everyone believing in God, right? Believing in Jesus. I, I, would, I would bet that we could, but he's going even further than that. Not even Arise, Sioux Falls. And I think we all know we probably, we probably couldn't um, get everyone in Sioux Falls even to know who God is. Right? But he's talking the world. He needs us to go out into the world and glorify his name. And that's what it talks, and that's what I want to talk about today is what is God's mission. So God's been with us since the very beginning. We understand that. And he's been on a mission. So I want to kind of take us through that the why we're at, the stage we're at, or the part that we're at. So if you really want to get crazy, you can jump back to Genesis one with me. And I'm gonna read the very first part of where man and woman were created. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So that's important. He created us in his image, right? And why did he create him? Why did he create us in his image? To glorify him, right? Not to glorify us, right? We weren't created to glorify ourselves. That's not our purpose here. Our purpose is to glorify him, right? We are created in his image to glorify him. And then God blessed them. Hear that? Both of them. He blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So that was God's mission, right? His plan, his purpose is he... Put man on the earth to glorify him in his image. And then we're to take care of this place, right? To have dominion, to subdue it. Another, uh, another better phrase is to be caretakers of this place. To be fruitful and to multiply, and God blessed them. To be fruitful and to multiply. Um, you know, it lasted a whole two chapters. I don't know quite how long it was, but if you're new to um, this Christianity thing, come see me afterwards. We'll get a little bit deeper. But Adam and Eve messed up. They ate the fruit. God booted them out. Doesn't seem fair. I get it. If you want to come talk about it later, we can talk about maybe reasons why it probably was fair. But from there... Um, it just started to get worse and worse, right? And by the time of Noah, which is years later, the whole earth is basically in disarray. Everyone is worried about themselves, glorifying themselves versus glorifying God, right? So what does God do? He gets rid of everyone but Noah and one family. Again, doesn't seem fair. I wouldn't do it. God did, okay? So after that, God starts re- um, He starts not remaking, but he, he starts populating the earth again, right? And he tells Noah to what? Be fruitful again and to multiply. So with, so with Noah, the earth starts to, uh, to, to starts to fill up again, and everything's going okay, and we're gonna get right to that part of the, the Tower of Babel where, once again, human beings start to what? Glorify themselves, saying, we're gonna build a tower and go up, right? And God says, nice try, you're to, glorify your, you're to glorify me, not yourselves. And he forces them to speak in a whole bunch of different languages and then disperses them, right? So now all these people are sent out to the earth with a whole bunch of different languages. And what's the next part that comes? This is where God picks up his mission again, right? And he calls on Abraham or Abram at the time, right? So if we go to Genesis 12, Um, he grabs Abram and he says, go from your country, I will bless you, and all nations will be blessed through you. So right there, God goes on mission. Just like we're called to be on mission, he calls Abram to go out, right? Um, Next in line then is Abraham's son, Isaac. Right? God repeats this command to Isaac in Genesis 26. He says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. then he does it to Isaac's son, Jacob, also in Genesis 28. God says, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will be spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring." Right, he's sending them out to be in the rest of the world. Um, the the people that he had scattered before, that were speaking all sorts of different languages, that have gotten so full of themselves. Abraham takes his family and sends them out with them, right, to bless them and multiply throughout their whole off, um, To bless them throughout their whole offspring and multiply. And as we keep moving through um, the Old Testament, we can see even those that were exiled. Remember, Assyria comes in and um, conquers Israel, Israel and pulls a bunch of, um, of Israelite over into Assyria and God commands them to go out that way and be within them and still they are called to be a light to the nations. This is an opportunity for them still to glorify God in this. Um, we see this um, uh, like in Daniel 3 with Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, right? Um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, for no other God can save this way, right? For those of you who don't know the story, um, they, threw, they threw him into a fiery furnace and they just come walking out like they're out of a nice hot sauna or something, um, and then a little bit late, later in Daniel, um, the king begins, um, uh, became a messenger of God there also, King Darius, he did the same thing after Daniel was delivered from the lion's den. Um, he says, I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Once again, they're in the midst of exile in the midst of others, and they're still glorifying God over themselves, right? That's what we have been about, is glorifying God. So we're gonna keep jumping up ahead here, and now let's go into Jesus' ministry. And what was the purpose of Jesus' ministry, right? Proclaim, proclaim the kingdom of God, proclaim that God is coming to glorify God in many signs and wonders, Okay, I wanna jump back into um, uh, John 17 here again. We're gonna take it from um, the very beginning of it. When he starts to pray this high priestly prayer, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, right? Glorify me so that I may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom have given him, all whom you have given him, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And here's Jesus. I have, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Okay, let's go back to verse four there. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I think that's pretty significant there, is understanding what Jesus' work on this earth was, right? That was to come proclaim God, our one true God. Okay, do you declare Jesus your Lord? By the way, we are people participation here, so if I ask to raise hands, you can do it, and there's no shaming or guilt or judgment whatsoever, okay? So do you declare Jesus your Lord? Oh, yeah. That's a, I, I know I have to prompt people now. To, I have to prompt people. We declare Jesus our Lord. Well, if that's the case... We have this mission, we have something we've been called to do. Um, I'm gonna flip um, to 2 Corinthians five and what Paul writes Um, in 2 Corinthians five, 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, right? We've just all said that we've declared Jesus our Lord, right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So you have been made new already. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Right? We've been made new. We've been reconciled to God through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now that we've been reconciled, we've been given a ministry. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled, reconciling the word, world to himself. So that's what God has been doing now. Through Christ, reconciling the world to himself. That is his mission. He wants the world to know his name. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us, every one of you that raised your hands, you can't get out of it now, you can't. Put your hand down after this. He has entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. I think everyone knows what the term ambassador means. It means that you have knowledge that everyone else needs to be given, basically. You are to be sent out. God making his appeal through us, right? God is making his appeal of him through us. I love that Paul says, We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled in God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All right, so we've been reconciled to him, we've been given him this ministry. We are ambassadors. This is the part where I have you think a little bit more, and this is kind of this is kind of our takeaway for this week and what um, what I'll be focusing on in life group. Which, by the way, sorry, Mike, I forgot to get you the life group lesson every week. Um, but what is our purpose? What is your purpose? And I don't mean what is your purpose on your job or you know. I mean I'm a realtor. Um, I'm gonna go through. This has nothing to do with my life group, but this is just—I know who those people are. Like, I've got—we've—we have vets, we have uh, veterinarians. Sorry, we um, have—we have financial planners, we have librarians, we have auto body parts guys, we have lawyers. Uh, There's more, but that's not what I mean. Your purpose in life—it's not what are you doing here. All that stuff is great, but what is your purpose? And if we want to follow Christ, is how are we glorifying God? Sure, you can do it in your work. Absolutely, I hope you are. But that's not your purpose. That's not your mission. So I wanna challenge you to be thinking about like, what is your mission? Like How can you glorify God in everything that you're doing? Or maybe it's a goal to how you glorify God. Because there's, there's, there's an end game here. So right now, we're stuck somewhere between the epistles. If you wanna say Jude, fine, but the epistles and Revelation, right? There's this conclusion in Revelation that John writes, he records this scene, right? And he says, After I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. So we need to connect this back to what God has been doing once he sent out Abraham, right? So there's a multitude of nations now. Every tribe, people, every language will be bowing and worshiping at his feet. And we're gonna be a part of that and going out and being a part of this. One of the things that I always, when I wake up in the morning, most, most days, my thoughts are always, God, what do you have for me today? Not God, what can you do for me? but God, what do you have for me? I think that's a start, to wake up. And maybe it's, it's getting with your wife or your spouse or your family or your friends, if you're not married. Or maybe it's your life group. Maybe it's a small group. And figuring out something, hey, what, what's our mission? Like, what's our plan here? What's our purpose? How are we gonna glorify God? Because we can sit here and go through day by day and day by day and say, yep, I'm on mission and not do a single thing. So maybe we need a, pers- a purpose or a, a, a mission, a plan to actually go out and do it. And I know I can already hear, I can already hear people, I just don't know if I can do it. Like, I suck. Okay, it's hard. I have a lot of shame based in me. I, I, I'm not worth it. I can't do it. But here's the thing. There's a distinguishing a distinguishing mark of Christianity. And it's not perfection and it's not sinlessness, right? Being a Christian does not make you perfect or sinless. The distinguishing mark of Christianity is obedience to God, obedience and glorifying God. It's advancing the kingdom. We're... we're, we just cannot be perfect. Look at who God used. I mean, you just start with Abraham, right? The first guy he sent out, he tried to give away his wife a few times. Like, I've never done that. Right? Anyone done that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no hands raised, that's good. Just so you know, in the front, everyone in the front, no one raised their hands back there. That's good, right? Okay? Then we can jump to Moses. I mean, he killed the guy and buried him in the desert. I have not done that. Anyone else? Maybe not the, de- maybe not the desert. No one else? The thing is, God still used him, right? He used him to take all of Israel out of Egypt. Okay, we can jump a little further. Um, Joshua sends two, I forget what city it is. Joshua sends two people in the city, and Rahab, a prostitute, hides them. Anyone a prostitute? Don't raise your hands if you are. That, that people might freak out, okay? Anyone a prostitute? No. God still used her, right? And what about David? We're talking, first off, he slew Goliath with a sling and a rock. And then what's he do? He messes with some dude's wife, right? And then when he can't cover it up, He has the guy killed out on the field of battle. Like, I've never done that. And God used these people. They are key characters in this story, in God's mission, right? God will use you. They weren't holier than us. They were broken people, just like we are but there's one thing that they all had in common, right? They believed in God. They believed in the one that is coming. They obeyed, and this alone should give us hope, right? I mean, I haven't reached some new spiritual level because I'm up here. I didn't reach some, I didn't wait to say, okay, I'm just gonna be a little bit more sanctified or a little bit more holy, and then I'll get up there and preach, or I'm just gonna be a little bit more better in the, or a little better in the word, and then I'm gonna help lead worship, or then I'm gonna do this. I just obeyed and listened, and this is where I'm at. If you're waiting to get to that next level, I promise you, you will always be waiting, because there will always be another level that you think you can get to before we do something, okay? There's a reward for serving God. You might say, yep, eternal life. That's not what I'm talking about. The reward for serving God is actually serving God, right? The reward for serving God is serving God. We get to partake and participate down here. We get to serve God. It should be an honor and a blessing to be able to serve, right? Jesus is coming. It's gonna happen. There's nothing that we can do to prevent it, but God wants us to participate in this mission, he wants us to glorify Him, and that's how we glorify God: as being able to talk about who He is, and to be able to be in the world but not of the world, glorifying God. Jesus went to the cross for us. Then He ascended into heaven. He was resurrected, and that's where we begin now. Right? God or Jesus fulfilled this non-perfect Adam. Jesus makes the perfect Adam and now we are to continue on this message, proclaiming the kingdom of God, giving glory to God and showing who he is. He wants us to witness. Right? We just said that in John 17, Jesus is praying for us. Luke records in Acts 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And our mission isn't to be perfect, but it's to be faithful to God's vision, which is giving His name out to the world. Be humble and cheerful to the pursuit of it be humble and cheerful to the pursuit of disciples making disciples because that's what it about what it's all about be confident in God the creator and what he can do for you be confident that he's always going to be with you be confident that his promises are true that one day we're going to be up there with a multitude of nations let's pray Lord, I believe in your promises and I believe in your son and I believe in your mission here that you've called us to something bigger than we are not just, to, not just to be here on earth not just to go about living our lives and going to work and raising a family and having good friends and being kind to one another but it's more than that. I believe that you've called us I believe that we are called to go into this world to glorify your name and to testify to what Jesus has done for us. Lord, I pray that as we go out today and that as we leave this, this space today that we would remember what Jesus has done for us and in turn that we can speak that truth to others that we can give our testimonies so that we can testify about you. Father, we glorify your name today. We praise you. We worship you. Be with us this week. It's in your precious name. Amen.